Hey there, sister friend. I have a huge favor to ask of you. If you have been a listener for two or three episodes now, and we've been hanging out right up in here any number of weeks or perhaps even months, girl, have you left a written review for this podcast yet? This is something that truly lights my heart up. Every time I see your comments and what you guys think of this show and your favorite episodes and which ones have inspired you or supported you on your journey or perhaps even changed your heart or helped you reframe a situation in some way in your life, then I'm going to ask a huge favor of you right now. If you have not done so yet, will you please press pause on this episode and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the Apple podcast app and leave a quick review of this show and how it's impacted you. I would love to hear from you. And if you want to do me one more favor, take a screenshot of this episode and post up in your stories on Instagram or even share it on Facebook. Sister, this is the best and only way that I know that this show is touching your heart. And let's be real. It's what keeps me going and keeps me excited about showing up for you week after week after week. I know that we're all busy, but if you can do this for me, that will bless me more than you know. I can't thank you enough. All right, now let's get on with the show. Hey there, sweet sister friend. Welcome back to the Shine With Brandy Show. I am so glad you're here today. We have a pretty weighty podcast today. And let me just tell you, I think you're going to glean some good insight from this. Let me just start by asking you a question. Have you ever been angry at God? Like I'm talking like, okay, coach, like I'm not riding the bench anymore. I'm not playing the outfield. Here's my uniform. I'm not coming to any practices. Peace out. See you later, dude. Like maybe you lost a job or maybe you perhaps lost a loved one or you received a health diagnosis or just things were just off and you feel like you have been doing all the right things, caps lock. And so it leaves you wondering and questioning, how can my God be loving yet so cruel that I received this diagnosis, that this breakup is happening this divorce is happening, this job loss, whatever it is you fill in the blank there, sister. Well, sadly, I've been there many times and confession girl, even just this summer. If you have been listening for a little while, then you know that I have shared a bit of my unexpected breakup earlier this summer. I'm going to call the guy Jethro just to save the innocent there. And my heart was literally shattered. It was shattered into pieces because y'all, let me just tell you, I thought we were going to the chapel to get married this fall. I mean, for real, like our courtship was fast and I was ready. I've been waiting and praying for my Boaz for 46 years. Well, maybe at least, I'll say at least 15. All right, let's just be real about that. I didn't come out of, the, <laughs> out of the womb praying for my husband, but I know people have been praying for him for that long on my behalf. So when Jethro broke my sweet little heart into pieces and it was shattered, I was angry at him, but I was so confused. But let me, with him, let me just tell you, because there was so much to that. I'm not going to unpack that. We're going to protect the innocent there. But I actually displaced my anger toward God. And I questioned and I wondered, God, why would you give me this great relationship with all these romantic, sweet cards and gifts and chivalrous ways and hand of the small of your back, walking into a room and going to the outside of the sidewalk, walking, you're walking down a street only to take it away in a second. I literally dropped to my knees, tears pouring down my cheeks, fist in the air. And I'm not talking the kind that are like fist pumping a journey. Okay. Don't stop believing. I am talking like anger like yelling and literally pouring my heart out, complete and utter agony and pain, questioning and wondering, why God, what have I done? And wondering, why would you do this to me? I have been doing all the things. And I had a few choice words to say, let me just tell you. (laughs) It didn't just stop with the, you know, on my knees and tear-stained cheeks. It did not stop there. Girl, 
God wants you to be real. So if you've ever been in that place, let me just first start off by saying it's okay to get real with God like that. That's where true intimacy occurs. He wants to know your true heart. He wants to know your feelings. He doesn't want you to just show up every single time. Oh, dear God, I thank you so much for this day. And I thank you. so. No, no, no. He doesn't want sweet Susie, sister Christian just showing up every day. He wants to know how you feel because guess what? He wants to come into those places and heal you. I have a whole podcast about that. I would encourage you to go back. I believe it's in mid-June because that was the height of all the shenanigans going down here. So he wants to know your real heart and he wants you to be real with him. So I would encourage you, if you're the kind of person who just kind of protects your heart and you show up, God's like, girl, I got you. I made you. Pour it all out. Tell me. He wants to minister to you so tenderly and so powerfully to you. Now, I admit it was really hard to show up in my blogs, in my Facebook group, here on this podcast, because the enemy was tormenting me. How on earth, Franny, can you help others when you're not even trusting God yourself? How can you help others love God when you're angry at God? And all of the things that were playing over my mind and all of the questions that I was wondering, that's exactly what the enemy wants. We know, remember, sister friend, Satan is the author of lies, He is the author of confusion and he is, his name actually means the accuser. He wants to separate us from God, causing us to be distant so that we are led then to not trust God or the world. Believe me, I was upset with Jethro, but I was upset with God. And that's exactly what he wants. He wants to sever that connection to our almighty. So that uh, vertical, so that our horizontal then is also fractured. Well, let me just tell you what, sister. Bitterness is a stronghold that is birthed from disappointment. I'm going to say that again because that's important. I want you to write that down or tweet that out. Bitterness is a stronghold that is birthed from disappointment. And girl, you know you have been disappointed, which is the reason why I'm here to talk about this message today. What can block your blessing? All right. We know then when someone, including God, fails you or disappoints you or hurts you, or maybe they offend you, that you could be oh so tempted to get bitter. Man alive, that bitter root, it wants to go ahead and take up space in your heart. In fact, Paul reminds us in Hebrews 12, 15, this bitter root can cause trouble. And just remember, sister, that can contaminate relationships, which are not only here in your generation, but for future generations and the generations above you. And that bitterness can also impair your peace and steal your joy. And it can even cause physical ailments and injuries to your own body if it is not addressed. Here's a little fun fact for you when you're playing Jeopardy, even at home from your couch. The Greek root word for bitter is poison. And let me just tell you, if you keep on drinking that poison, keep on drinking that bitterness, it certainly can kill you. So I hadn't really planned this, um, but as I'm going through healing, it's just kind of really interesting and just kind of taking up these roots that have been planted in my heart and this bitterness and just the emotions that I have around so many things. Of course, this is just the symptom, but I'm really trying to dive in and get to the root of many of these issues here. The Lord has been putting it on my heart, you know, as, as it's broken and he's repairing it and he's putting it back together again, that this just aligned with our August challenge. If you haven't listened, I would encourage you to go back to 146 and listen because we are reading through the book of Ruth. And so I just found it very appropriate because as I was reading in Naomi and I was like, or excuse me, in Ruth about Naomi, when she goes and she changes her name to Mara, she says, don't even call me Naomi anymore. And so I'm going to kind of hop into Ruth chapter one, 
verse 20. It says, don't call me Naomi. She told them, call me Mara because the almighty has made my life bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The almighty has brought misfortune upon me. All right. Now let me just tell you, there's some major blame going on there. She's like, the almighty has made my life bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. And then she says, the Lord has afflicted me. So she is playing the blame game, something fierce up in here. And let me just tell you, she is not forgiving. Now, she still honored and served God so much that Ruth followed her. But guess what? In that time, she was being real and raw and honest with the Lord. And as I mentioned earlier, that's exactly what he wants from us. So girl, I don't know about you, but I can relate to her. I was really like, as I was reading this, and last week, one of the questions I asked you was, can you think about a time where you've been bitter and you've been angry? So that led me on a little bit of a rabbit trail. And I kind of started looking, okay, well, what does Mara mean? I'm very fascinated by baby names, actually, just by names in general. You know, and her story is tragic, of course, and I'm not comparing my story to hers. She lost her two sons and her husband. I had a breakup after, you know, several months. So let's just just set set the record straight there. But let me just tell you, I was still just as bitter as she was, okay? Unwarranted there. So as I started studying then, and I dove into what the word Mara, where, where else was it referenced in the Bible? If so, were there people named that? Was it a place or whatnot? It led me all the way to Exodus 15. And so you can probably hear me flipping through my Bible. I would encourage you to open up your own Bible because it is important to read the word because we know that as we read it, we have it locked in our hearts. We won't always have the Bible in our hand, but you always need to have it in your heart. All right. So as I dove into um, the study of Mara, I was like, hmm, my goodness, this is quite fascinating. So I'll just kind of catch up to speed in Exodus. Obviously, Exodus, exiting. So this is when Moses was leading the Israelites out of Egypt. So we're going to pick up in Exodus 15. And actually the title of this section, y'all, is called Complaining in the Desert. Okay, so you know, those poor Israelites, no wonder why they wandered for 40 years. God was like, man, will you stop already? So in Exodus 15, verses 22 through 27, make a note of that address and go back to your own Bible and read it, perhaps your commentary or your concordance. But we come, up, we come upon Moses and he's just performed the miracle of parting of the Red Sea. All right. And now we find the Israelites who are complaining. Okay. So let's just be real. I know that that's been me in my life too. Like where I have a miracle and then a short while later, I'm like, God, but why? And he's like, uh, don't you remember what I just did? (laughs) So the FF commentary of this is, I'm going to just kind of give you my own version of this. They roll into the desert and there they are for three days. We know the importance of three days in so many, all the way from the old Testament, the foreshadowing all the way to Jesus. Okay. But three days actually happens to be the number of days that you can actually live without water as well. Okay, so long as that you can go. So here they are. They've just come out of the Red Sea. They're now going through the desert. They're trying to get to the promised land. And guess what? They find nothing. All right. So they arrive in a place that's called Mara. Now, this is spelled differently than in um, Naomi. She spells it without the H. So this is the place. And so they roll in and there's no water there. Well, in fact, there's water there. But guess what? In verse 23, pardon me, it says, but the water was bitter. Okay. And that's why the place is called Mara. Little fun fact there. So they can't drink it. Okay. Obviously. So now they're here. They're so excited. They've been wandering for three days. Oh, we found water. And now they're like, God, are you kidding me? And so they of course go to Moses and they're like grumbling and whining and complaining to him. And let me just say, let me just ask you this girl. Can you relate to this where you're like, okay, we're wandering around. You just keep complaining about it versus doing something about it. 
So I love in verse 25, it says, then Moses cried out to the Lord. He's like, God, throw me a bone here. Help me with these whining, complaining children (laughs) that you've given me in charge that I'm put in charge of. Help me steward them well. And I can just tell you, like, I've had that happen where I'm just complaining. I'm like, okay, you just gave me this wonderful miracle and now I'm going to complain here. Well, now all of a sudden, God's like, okay, let me show you what to do. And he says, he shows him a piece of wood. God, God is so amazing, right? He always is giving, you know, a provision. And he says, here's a piece of wood. And he throws in the water and all of a sudden it became sweet water. Oh yeah. Verse 25, it says, and the water became sweet. So yet another miracle. Okay, some sweet water coming up in the desert. So what's interesting here though too, sister, is that, you know, God gave them here, and I'm going to read this to you next. God gives them, even though they were complaining, God gave them a miracle. Yet again, another miracle. Now I'm thinking to myself, why didn't Moses just put the staff that he just used to part the Red Sea? Why didn't he just try that? But I love that God does not always do miracles the same way. So I pray that blesses you too. So if you're praying for a miracle that your friend had, guess what? That miracle might not have your name on it the exact same way. It might not be packaged in the little Tiffany packaging with a little white bow. All right. So now they're crying out. God gives them, you know, an opportunity. Here's your, um, your piece of wood, put that in the water and it's now sweet. And so then we continue and it says in verse 25, there the Lord made a decree and a law for them. And there he tested them. He said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any diseases. I brought on the Egyptians for I am Lord, the Lord who heals you. And then they go on to Elam and there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. So it sounds like a little bit of a paradise, little oasis there. But what is fascinating to me to me here is in that verse that after they cry out, the Lord makes a decree with them. And I love how it says at the end of verse 25, and he tested them. Girl, I have cried out and God is still testing me. Are you going to be faithful? Are you going to show up? Are you going to still honor me? Are you going to still love me? Because remember, girl, we cannot do anything in our own might to make God love us any more or any less than he does right now. We are given, of course, grace. God gave us Jesus. We have to do nothing to earn our salvation, but receive it. It is a gift and he will test it. Will you still be obedient with with me? And then look what he does. He leads them out into pretty much a beautiful paradise. They come to Elam where there are 12 springs and 70 palm trees and there they camped near the water. So I love though that not only does he test them, but then he gives them a decree and he says, okay, here's a decree in the law. If you do this, if you obey me, then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to keep you. I'm going to keep you from all harm, all sickness, all disease. And sister, let's just remember that in those desert times, God wants us to come to him. He wants to make the water sweet. So when we're griping and complaining, and remember the word complain means to stay for a night, God tested them and he spoke to them and he provided for them. He is such a good God that even when you're complaining, he will find a way. He will make a way. We know that he is the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. He brought them from bitter to something way better. I'm just going to say that again because he wants to bring you from your place of bitter to something way better. And let me just tell you, girl, you don't want to be blocking your blessings by staying bitter. You want to go ahead and be walking into better by getting rid of the bitter. 
It's a little bit of a rhyme time up in here today, okay? He has to wait though for you to come and cry out to him. He wants you to go ahead and say, Lord, help me. I don't know what's going on here. And I want to go ahead and I want to honor you because it says in verses 26 and 27 here that he gives him these commands. He says, look, but all you have to do is honor me. All you have to do is obey me. So sister, I feel like this is so powerful too, because this is the first time where we realize and we see God revealing himself as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Well, girl, like Naomi or the Israelites, do you have any bitterness towards God? Or maybe you have it towards others, or maybe you even have it towards yourself. Maybe that that root has grown in your own heart and it's over something you've said or something you've done. And if so, I would encourage you to take it to Jehovah Rapha. Let him heal it. Girl, remember one of my podcasts this year, I said, look, you got to feel in order to heal. If you numb those emotions, if you shop those emotions away, if you drink those emotions away, if you eat those emotions away, you're just going to go ahead and have a counterfeit comfort your whole life. And you're going to be looking for something to fill that void. So I would encourage you, repent, repent over that bitter root and then pull it up. Receive the sweet water that God wants to give you so that you can move on to the promised land. And that entails you looking to the Lord, resting on his promises, trusting in his goodness, and receiving his love and grace and mercy for you. Well, I pray that this blesses you, sister, because guess what? I don't want you to be blocking your blessings by being bitter. All right, try to say that five times fast. So I would encourage you to go ahead and spend some time with the Lord. Head over to uh, Ruth chapter 1. Don't forget to listen to the podcast from 146 to hear what our um, June, pardon me, her August challenges. And then dive into Exodus 15 verses 22 through 27. It's only five verses, y'all. You can read it. Super simple. And see if the Lord gives you any new awarenesses and reveals something to your heart. And then go ahead, bring it to him. Lay it at his feet, girl. He wants to love you. Something fierce. He already does love you. Let me just tell you. He wants to keep on loving you. I think that's Aria Speedwagon. All right. Until we meet next time, sweet sister friend, keep on shining. And hey, don't forget, if this blessed you, share it with someone else. And please, please, please leave a review over on iTunes. It's so helpful for us to continue to get the word out. I just am so blessed by all the listeners and all the ways in which we're reaching people in different countries. I think we're up to like 46 countries right now. Yeah, I think like Latvia was one of the newest ones added. So praise God for that. All right, I love you. Keep on shining. We'll talk soon.